All right, hey everybody. We are excited to have here Yazan. He is the co-founder of User Pilot. How's it going, Yazan? How are things with you? Good. Thanks for having me, Romeli.、Uh, Let's jump in. Let's talk about User Pilot. I know、uh, some people are familiar with it, but can you just give a brief overview of what、uh, User Pilot is? Yeah, absolutely. So User Pilot is basically a product engagement slash growth software. We help. Teams increase key product metrics such as、uh, user activation and feature adoption, which obviously improves、uh, key business metrics、uh, such as paid、uh, trial to paid、uh, conversion, retention, upgrades, expansion revenue,、uh, etc., etc. And we do this mainly by allowing product teams to trigger relevant in-app messages. About the user journey based on user behavior, so contextual product experiences, and、uh, you know we do that through an engagement layer on top of the, your web app, basically. It makes a lot of sense, and you know one of the topics that I wanted to chat with you today about is it's about A/B testing. I know that it's something that you, as I said, it's something you introduce to the organization. Can you talk a little bit about? What's involved in, in getting that whole、uh, experimentation going? Yeah, so、uh, obviously, whenever the product team crafts a specific in-app message, there's a goal involved. You know, whether that goal is related to user activation or a specific feature adoption, or maybe a point where you want to push folks to upgrade. There's always a goal involved, and it becomes almost crucial. If you have that goal to know, you know what kind of effect that in-app message is having, right? And so that's where obviously、uh, A/B testing comes into play. The way we do it is we have a control group which will not see the message, and then we compare that to another group that will, and then we run the analysis to see the likelihood of the group that did see the message. And how likely are they to achieve the goal more than the group that obviously didn't see? So that's、uh, generally, you know, why we introduced it. It makes a lot of sense. And was the whole team fully bought in when you introduced this, or did you have to quote unquote get their buy-in in the process? I think. I mean, it's a natural step that we did, but a lot of the folks, I mean, wanted to. Do split testing where we have the control group and then variant one, variant two. So instead of just comparing, not showing the message versus showing the message, it's not showing the message versus showing you know one variant of the message against another variant. But you know, ultimately decided just go with A/B testing for now and then probably do split testing later. That makes a lot of sense, and that's one of the other great feature about UserPilot is you can A/B test different activation stuff inside the app itself. Can you talk a little bit about that piece? About like, what are some examples of good product activation experiments that people should be trying that you know they're not really thinking about? Right. So probably the in regards to user activation, what I've seen, you know, working with. Our customers probably you want to think about your user activation. So, is your user activation? What are the key activation events that you have? So, let's say usually most SaaS companies have two or three key activation events. Are they sequential or they can be done in no particular order? Right. If they're sequential, 
obviously you have to start A, B, C. So you want something more linear. If there, you know, can be done in multiple orders, then experimenting with which action to push first. There's also uh, the idea of different persona. So if you have multiple personas uh, that are using your product, so basically experimenting with different messages for different uh, personas, or maybe giving them the choice, right? Like uh, experimenting with a branched welcome flow that gives them the choice of how they want to begin. I've also seen uh, you know, experimentation with having a checklist, for example. So, you know, there's a lot of great experiments, but in my opinion, experimenting in user activation is a lot easier than experimenting with secondary feature adoption. And the reason is probably finding out user activation or most companies know what their user activation is, right? They know it either, you know, with like user interviews or even through uh, logic, right? Uh, like uh, with HubSpot, it's clear that you need to connect your email or upload contacts, right? It's probably not the first thing that you do uh, to uh, create a workflow, right? So your user activation is is very, very clear, right? So I think experimentation becomes a lot harder on a secondary feature. Like, for example, if I'm HubSpot and I have the templates feature or the workflow feature, when do I really push for it? And that's where experimentation really becomes more important and more difficult. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think one of the pieces that you're talking about is activation experiments are easier, but it's often also the most impactful. I remember Emilio's presentation that activation experiments impact retention a lot more than the other ones. Can you talk a little bit about what is the impact of activation experiments? Oh, it's obviously in terms of the impact, you user activation is probably the most important because user activation is what determines whether the customer sticks around or it doesn't, right? It is that initial stickiness point. And I think, yeah, of course, you know, being able to increase your activation even by, uh, you know, 5 to 10% that will impact your trial to paid greatly. It will impact retention greatly. So obviously, yes, a lot of the experimentation happens there. And we see companies that are below 30, 40 employees probably one to two million ARR, that's what they care about, right? User onboarding. That's because they're at that point where they need to optimize their user activation. And so they're just fully focused on it. And yeah, that's obviously why user onboarding becomes really important and thinking about activation becomes really important. You said something fascinating there about how once a company reaches a certain ARR or MR, they start thinking about user onboarding. A question I have is, should they be thinking about that sooner? Or is there a point you would suggest that companies start thinking about activation experiments versus, you know, maybe early on, they need people to come at the door first before they have enough people trying it out to know that their improvements are actually making a difference? From what I've seen is initially, you're probably thinking more about just getting more people in, understanding your persona, doing a lot of these user interviews. 
And there, there's something really important that we need to also acknowledge is when does a SaaS company start building their product team? And when I say, you know, I'm not just talking about product managers that are managing uh, the backlog and, and managing engineers, but also I'm talking about, you know, product growth, product marketing, product analysts. That doesn't happen until the 30, 35, even 40 employees. And that's when the product team starts taking shape. And if the product team doesn't understand their analytics, they're not using Amplitude or Mixpanel or Heap, they don't even know what their activation number is, they haven't done the research on what is their user activation events and is it different from one persona to the other? Is it sequential? Can it be done without relying on different specific events? Right. So a lot of these Companies, when you're five or six or even 10 people, you're not doing these experiments because you're probably not even measuring your user activation, right? Let alone, you know, doing experiments. And, and experiments don't just have to be, uh, by the way, on the in-app messages, right? I've seen companies experiment with their sign-up flow, right? So, for example, a company like Full Story, where you obviously need to install a script to see the session playback. They initially had a really lenient, let's call it, uh, or frictionless uh, sign-up flow, but they changed it because they refused to let people in now unless they install the code. Because they're like, if we let them in when they haven't installed the code, they're not going to see the aha moment. They're not going to see the value, right? So you can even experiment with things like your sign-up flow, right? And just teams pre the uh, 1 million ARR, they just they probably don't have the resources to do that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like you need to have the data, first of all. And secondly, you need to have the team in place to make sure that you can run experiments. You said something there, again, that I have a follow-up question around the aha moment. For teams that are still like, do you have any suggestions for teams to figure out like what exactly that is? Like, are there any like clear metrics or any clear like indicator that, you know, this is the aha moment for your product versus like some something else? I think uh, it's very difficult because when we talk about difference between aha and user activation, it's a big difference because user activation is something that you can measure and it's there, right? When aha is something, it's a state of mind, right? And the difference between aha and activation is aha is the perception of value. Yeah, the moment that your customer perceived the value while activation is the moment they actually got the value, right? So you're talking about perception versus something that you can actually uh, measure. So what is really a ha and, and how do uh, the product teams can understand that? I think user interviews, especially with your most successful users, to kind of like be able to pinpoint when at that point they felt that this is something that they can use but it's not clear because sometimes it even happens outside the product, on your website, on your marketing channel, right? The aha could start even before sign up, right? And so it's very difficult. This is why I always say just focus on your activation because that's something that you will be able to measure and you'll be able to focus on. You can do a lot of experiments to, to try to get that up because, you know, getting that up again, I mean, this is the cornerstone of product-led. Because instead of telling my sales team to focus on 
their whole pipeline, I can tell them, well, focus on the folks that have installed the code, the folks who have created a campaign, the folks who have invited a team member. And it just changes the workflow of your sales team as well. I love that. I love how you put the aha is the perception, right? Like it is an emotional thing and activation is actually something that that they do inside your product. Another question I have as a follow-up to activation is, you know, with full story, it's clear, like when you install it, you get insights and then, you know, that's measurable. But what do you suggest for teams that have multiple use cases? Like let's say HubSpot. HubSpot can... They have so many use cases. They got HubSpot marketing, they got HubSpot sales, they got HubSpot support now, I think. And same thing with Intercom where like they have multiple use cases where they could have different activation moments. Like, Would you suggest that they, for companies that have like multiple use cases, would they just have one activation event or would it be more uh, multiple for each of the different use cases? It's, a, again, very difficult questions you're asking because, uh, you know, when, 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 there is, <laughs> when there is uh, different use cases or even different, in the HubSpot case, it's really different products, right? Yeah. You, you yes, have one, yeah. you know, for the support, for the emails. I think I've seen two ways, like with user pilot, even, you know, we are starting to have that problem as we are expanding our offering. I think you have two strategies. One is being able to tell where they really want to start. That's where you use like branching. You could even, I've seen companies ask in the signup flow, like, what are you trying to get out of, out of the software? And then based on that answer, kind of like tweak the product experience. And I've seen other companies that they still stick to a specific offering. Eh? and then work their way from there to expanding the use cases, which probably would be their strongest offering. So, you know, maybe for HubSpot is the marketing, right? But yeah, I mean, it's not always very easy. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I'm throwing hard questions out at you. This is something that's also on my mind and something I've been talking to folks about. And I was just curious what your thoughts were on that was. Let's talk more about activation and improving that. Now, you know, UserPilot has tools that can help improve activation rate, but I'm sure you've worked with other companies where you've talked about like what happens in app and also what happens outside of app. Like what are some examples of things that product or marketing teams or even customer success teams should be doing to improve their activation rate? So I think, again, to improve your user activation, you need to clearly define it. So that's the first step. To clearly define it, use uh, user interviews, do uh, maybe use something like full story or uh, something similar to watch the sessions, right? So clearly define it, then you need to measure it. So I would use an analytics tool like uh, Mixpan or Amplitude to kind of look at my new users out of everybody that have signed up in the last 30 days, right? We are going to look at the funnel. You literally need to create a funnel of these three events. Let's say you have three events. Let's create a funnel and see where the dropout is happening, right? So especially if it's sequential, if it's not sequential, you can still do the same thing. Build the funnel 
and see how people are moving through the funnel, you will probably see a step where the problem is happening, right? Either, you know, in the second event or third event. And that's when, you know, you know, you have a problem and you need to solve it. Again, you will have hypothesis. So you're going to come up with the hypothesis. Why is the user not doing this, right? So for example, with user pilot, what you can do is, I mean, we can take a real world example. Let's say I have a scheduling tool like Calendly. And uh, the first step is to connect your Google Calendar. The second step is to create an event. The third step is to maybe send it to somebody or make your first appointment. So if I find out that people are not connected to their calendar, they're just going around and just playing around and they're not connecting the calendars. Well, I might have a hypothesis that if maybe in my welcome message, the first thing I do is push for that specific event, I could improve it and so on. And what you can do with user pilot, and that's, I think that's what makes it really powerful, is you can trigger these messages based on you and a specific user behavior. So for example, if they needed to create their event after they have connected their calendar, because that's the next logical event to do, I can create a message or I can craft a message that says, you know, now, you know, congratulations, you've connected your calendar. Now the next step is to create your first event. And based on that user behavior, I can push for the next thing. And this is, this is a proven to increase activity. I've seen it time and time and time again. It improves. And people don't understand that because they're like, what does a welcome message do? What, what is really going to be the effect of a simple welcome message or, or a simple slide out? It's massive because you blocked everything in the user's mind. You know, you might have a hundred features. They don't need to worry about all of that. You just focus their attention on the next thing. And it works. I've seen it. It works. I love that. I love how you you broke down that process instead of just giving me like, oh, just add a welcome message. You're like, this is what you need to do from the beginning. I love it, Yasan. Can you talk a little bit, like, I'm sure you've also worked with companies through UserPilot. Like, what are some results that you can, you can even, I say, like, you know, for X company, this is how much they've increased by using this process. Uh, Do you have any results, whether that's numeric or like, whether that's like an improvement in something in like the company within itself by going through this whole process? I've seen companies increase uh, user activation by uh, 30, 40%. I can tell you, from, you know, maybe this is our own experience with user pilot. One of the key activation events that we have is installing our Chrome extension. And obviously for user pilot to work, you would need to install a JavaScript, right? But we don't push for that right away. We actually push for the Chrome extension because the Chrome extension can actually show you how you can build before you commit to installing a script and going to your engineers. We have done a lot of experimentation. And right now, we're almost at 90%, over 90% of our new users actually install the Chrome extension. And we have almost a 50% of the new users install the script. So that's massive. And we were able to increase that from, I think it was like 28, 29%. We're able to increase it to 
but just figuring out what is the best time to push for it, right? Which is you have installed a Chrome extension, you have played with it, created an experience, right? But and you still haven't published it. So in order to publish it, you need to install the script, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all about the sequence of events. I love it. Uh, thank you for sharing those examples with metrics. I can definitely see that happening through the process you suggested. I want to start wrapping up and we've talked a lot about experiments and activation and the process to improve that. If you can leave one or two pieces of advice or three, however many pieces of advice you'd like to give to product people who are listening to this podcast or this session right now, what would be those advice that you'd like to give to them? You know, this applies not just to user activation experiments, but also feature adoption in general. I would say first, know what you want to tackle or come up with a problem that you want to tackle based on the quantitative data, right? So that's the first step. Go to the data and understand where the dropout is happening, especially in user activation, right? As we explained that whole funnel process. For secondary features, it's a bit easier. You know, we've spent a ton of money working on a specific feature and, and nobody's using it. Well, it's clear, you know, adoption rate is uh, 5, 10%. So the data, the data is very important. And how do you track user behavior? Well, it's mainly through three things, or I could say four. One is custom events. Make sure you are using custom events to track what the user is using. Feature tags, which is, by the way, something that we've introduced recently as well. You can just tag an element and we'll track the clicks on it. Page views and user attributes, right? So if you have all these four things, you know everything about that session. So plug in the data and know where the problem is. After you know where the problem, come up with the hypothesis based on the qualitative data, right? So now you need to use the qualitative to explain the quantitative and come up with your hypothesis for the experiment. That way, again, you can use user interviews, you can use session replays. You need to be able to explain the quantitative with the qualitative. So that's probably the biggest advice. Also, the last one is always have a control group. Don't just test one message against the other, right? Have a control group where the folks won't see the message and kind of like always see the effect on the goal. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one final question, you know, if people wanted to find out more about you and your work and UserPilot, where can people go to find out about that? You know, userpilot.com slash blog. We produce a ton of content. Uh, almost every day we have a, a new piece of content and we talk about you know the user journey uh, activation adoption feedback analytics everything in product uh, so i think that's uh, yeah userpi.com/blog well awesome thank you so much for your time yazan i really do appreciate it absolutely thank you so much and thank you for having me